Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The new overtime rule should be called the Josh Allen rule. The top of the Eastern Conference is a mess, so who makes it to the tippy top? Plus, will a historic regular season performance from the Suns translate into the postseason? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. At the end of one of the best playoff games we have ever seen, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime because Josh Allen, who had been on an absolute heater, never got a chance to touch the ball in the extra session. That will now change after the league ratified a new overtime policy for the playoffs only. Joining me now from Locked On Bills, Joe Marino. And Joe, what do you think of this new rule? Well, I'm glad that they did something to change the rules and allow for both teams to possess the ball in overtime. I think that's a very logical conclusion to get to. I think everyone just just watched that game and said, well, Josh Allen deserved an opportunity with the football, and he didn't get that opportunity. So I think it's the right thing to have some change here, and it's going to be interesting to consider how overtime will be played different now in the playoffs if you start to see teams that win the toss deferring, and why would you want the ball first? I wouldn't. So there's some some interesting things there, but um, the Bills are definitely the face of this now. You know, despite Matt Ryan not getting his chance, despite Patrick Mahomes not getting his chance, now it's Josh Allen not getting his chance, and that inspired enough people to uh, to get this change. I will add Aaron Rodgers twice in back-to-back seasons, 2014 and 2015 seasons uh, in the playoffs as well. Do you think this is the best way to do overtime, or is there an additional tweak you'd like to see? I'm fairly satisfied with this because I think it's a pretty simple adjustment here in terms of how this is going to get sorted out, and it brings more fairness. It's interesting that the Buffalo Bills, they were working on a proposal, and their proposal was more time-based. It wasn't necessarily equal possessions. It was, let's play for a set period of time, and there wasn't enough traction there. But as I do have the opportunity here to talk about this, Peter, I do have to say, for as much as Bill's Mafia would have loved to seen Josh Allen possess the ball in overtime and have that chance, the bigger conversation is still how they manage that 13 seconds. The, mm. the, the game shouldn't have gotten to overtime if you properly squib kick and you don't allow them to get massive amounts of yards and two chunk plays where you play way off coverage to give them a chance to take the field goal. So for as much as Bill's Mafia is relieved to see there be this new change in overtime rule, they're still going back to 13 seconds and just close out the game and never get to overtime. Well, and there is a vocal section of NFL fans, of NFL media, and, and even people inside the league who will say, the old day was fine. Like Mike Tomlin said, I liked sudden death. You have the chances that you have, and you have to earn them. What do you say to those critics? That feels like an unnecessary tough guy mentality. Like, oh, yeah, the goal is to win the game in, over, in regulation, and if we get to overtime, sudden death it is. Like, no. Like, let's take <laughs> let's take a step back and think about this logically and, and um, realize that you played 60 minutes of football, and it ended with a tie score, and – you know, this is the, the implications are massive. These le- there's legacies on the line, and so I think the the responsible idea would be to come up with a way that creates a fair opportunity for both teams to possess the ball. And I think they've done that at a reasonable level. The top of the Eastern Conference is a mess. So who makes it out of the East? 
That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. In his second home game for the Nets this season, Kyrie scores 24 as the Nets squeak out a much-needed win against the Pistons. Doug Norrie locked on Nets here after Brooklyn squeaks out a win against the lottery-headed Pistons, 130-123 to at home. Brooklyn, they need to win every game here down the stretch. After the loss against Charlotte, they're still in the playing game, going to probably stick there. Now it's just a matter of what playing game they're going to have to play in or how many. Uh, they needed to win this game against Detroit. Detroit was definitely up for the challenge early, seemed to hit every three-pointer in the first half, completely dominated on the offensive boards. Uh, over the Nets, which has been a recurring problem for Brooklyn in the short term. But Brooklyn still has Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant was able to drop 41 points out of uh, 11 rebounds, threw in some timely blocks there at the end as well. And when you have Kevin Durant, you are going to be at a major advantage. In the end, the game that was a little more difficult than probably most fans would have liked, but a win is a win, and we're going to be talking about it all over on the Locked On Nets podcast. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson might not be facing criminal charges, but NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell made it clear Tuesday that Watson could still be disciplined under the league's personal conduct policy as a result of the 22 pending civil lawsuits accusing him of inappropriate sexual conduct. Obviously, these are serious charges, so we're looking into it seriously, Goodell said. The personal conduct policy is something that is very important to us, and it does not need a criminal violation in order to pursue it. Five-time Masters champion Tiger Woods, who is trying to come back from a serious leg and foot injury he suffered in a car wreck about 14 months ago, played 18 holes at Augusta National Golf Club on Tuesday. Why is that important? Well, Woods is still listed among the expected 91 participants for next week's Masters, the first major championship of the season. Tiger has yet to officially say whether he's playing, He's also yet to say officially that he's not. Iowa sophomore Keegan Murray will enter the 2022 NBA Draft. Murray is the number five prospect in the ESPN 100. He was named a consensus first-team All-American after averaging 23.5 points, a shade under nine rebounds, and almost two blocks in 32 minutes per game. He led Iowa to a Big Ten Tournament Championship, named most outstanding player after scoring a record 103 points in four games. He's currently a finalist for some of the top postseason awards in college basketball as well, including the Wooden, Naismith, and Lute Olsen Awards, all of which are presented annually to the top player in Division I men's basketball. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The final four lines are set. The big one, everyone will be talking about all week. The UNC Tar Heels and Duke Blue Devils for a trip to the national championship. The BetOnline.net line for this game has Duke favored by four. Two teams that have plenty of championship experience on their own between the Kansas Jayhawks and the Villanova Wildcats. The BetOnline.net line for this game is Kansas giving four and a half. The odds to win the championship, Duke plus 155, Kansas plus 180, Villanova plus 450, North Carolina plus 475, and I love Villanova and North Carolina at those odds. Better than 4-1 to one that they win two games? Yeah, I'll take that. Here is another story you need to know. The Eastern Conference is going to come down to the wire. The Heat, Bucks, 76ers, and Celtics are all within reach of that one seed, but who is the best and who is best set up for a playoff run? 
Our Locked On NBA insider Antonio Daniels joined Arcanani Stevens to break it all down. At different points in the season, it felt like different teams had this totally locked up. Who <laughs> is the hottest team right now, according to Antonio? Well, well, I think the hottest team right now is the Boston Celtics. Okay. Um, obviously, before losing yesterday, they had won 22 of their last 25 mm-hmm. or 24 of their last 27. But mm-hmm. now you got to take into consideration the loss of Robert Williams. So, yes, they were hot. They were peaking at the right time of the season. But when you lose someone of Robert Williams' impact, that hurts. Now, there's nothing more important heading into the postseason than being whole and healthy. And when you lose someone that is bringing to the table what he brings to the table, not just with the points and the rebounds, but also the 2.2 blocks per game, there's a reason that they're the top defensive team in the league. Um, And you remove him from the equation, it changes things. So, yes, they were the hottest team, but heading into the postseason, being without Robert Williams will really hurt the Boston Celtics. Being healthy is everything. Having all of your best players is really important postseason time um the nets are kind of getting everything back together right around what seems like a good time for them they don't know where they're going to be in the seating in this right they right. they're dealing with this play-in tournament how dangerous can they be Kanani, i'll tell you this for me they're the most dangerous team in the eastern conference because i feel like they have the most skilled uh duo when you talk about kevin durant one of the best to ever touch the floor and kyrie irving arguably the most skilled guard to ever play the game. And then you put Ben Simmons in that mix, a healthy mentally and physically Ben Simmons, who's ready to go. I think that that changes the whole equation. For me, it doesn't matter where Brooklyn lands, you know, as far as the playing tournament or in the playoffs or whatever it may be. I think they are the most dangerous team heading into the postseason because the amount of firepower they have. Now you add in a Seth Curry, you add in a, a Patty Mills, the experience of LaMarcus Aldrich, uh, bring over Andre Drummond. So now you have another big body in the middle to throw at guys like Joel Embiid. Listen, I I know what the stats say. I know what the standings say. It says, you know, uh, you got to look at Boston and you have to look at Philly and you got to look at Milwaukee. For me, and from the eye test and what I've seen from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and now a fully engaged Kyrie Irving because now he can play in home games, I got to go with Brooklyn. From what you mentioned, it sounds a lot like that Laker team, of course, where they couldn't get things together in the regular season, but come postseason, they were just dominant. So the Nets certainly have that firepower. Um, We've seen that they're going to have to have a difficult road. What does that mean for those top three seats? Because you don't want to face Brooklyn in the first round if you don't have to, right? Right. You don't want to, but sometimes it's out of your control. Like what no one anticipated with this global pandemic was Kyrie Irving being unavailable for the first half of the season and being half available for the next half of the season. So it's not like you don't really play at this point of the season for who you would like to play. Look, no one thought Brooklyn would be where they are right now. No one anticipated this coming. You know, no one knew that James Harden would be traded out of Brooklyn midway through the season. No, no one knew these things. So at this point in the season, it is what it is. No one expected Brooklyn to be to this point, but the thing you're not going to do especially with only a little bit less than two weeks remaining in the season, you're not going to start throwing games to avoid Brooklyn. If you have to meet Brooklyn first round because that's what the schedule guys and that's how they made it, so be it. It is what it is at this point in the season. Who matches up best against Brooklyn right now mm. um, that could see them in the first couple of seats? Is it Boston? Is it is it the defending champs? Or, or do you think it might be Miami that might? Because those are kind of I, You know of what? 
Yeah, I, I, I cannot. I completely forgot about Miami. I haven't even spoken I about Miami. It, I yet. feel like that it did too. Yeah. I, so yeah, excuse me for the disrespect. Excuse me for you the know, disrespect. Heat nation, okay. heat culture. But um, I, I guess for me, I would say Miami. For more on the Eastern Conference, subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube page. Will a historic regular season from the Suns translate into the postseason? That's next. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You've heard me say that. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm on a little bit of a family vacation right now, and I brought them as a, an airplane snack, as a just hanging out snack. I brought them with me on vacation. How can I give a better endorsement of a product than I brought them on vacation with me? You need just the essentials on vacation. I brought Built Bars. What more do you need to know? Well, how about this? They're covered in 100% chocolate and they come in a bunch of different flavors, each one better than the last. They're all low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carb. And if you don't believe me, which you should, but if you don't, I can make it easy for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The top of the West is set. It'll be the Phoenix Suns as the number one seed by a mile. But Memphis, Dallas, Utah, Denver, and Golden State can all make noise in the postseason. So will the Suns get tripped up? To break down the West, we return to our Locked On NBA insider and our Locked On anchor, Kanani Stevens. We're going to talk playoff picture in the Western Conference now. I think we could probably just say Phoenix and be done with it, but... You know, for, for fun's sake, we're going to talk through this a little bit. How much better are the Suns than everybody else in that conference? Kanani, I believe it was Bill Barcells who once says, your record is what you are. Yep. You know what I mean? What your record is, exactly what you are. And case, Phoenix sure. right now is that much better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. That I know that sounds simplistic. I know it sounds easy, but that it is what it is. And um, the way that this team is playing, you know, um, on course for 60 plus wins, 66 wins or so, um, that speaks for itself. So right. I don't even feel comfortable saying, you know, Phoenix wins 66 games, but there's another team that's right on their heels because what and what the standings tell you is Phoenix is 10 games every, better than everyone else. You know why? Because right now Phoenix has played 10 games better than everyone else. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I don't think it's fool's gold. Is there anybody that would pose trouble to them stylistically in the conference mm. when it comes to the postseason? Or have they just been there, done that, and it doesn't matter? Would, I would like to say they've been there and they've done that and it doesn't matter. But there are certain things that come into play when you start talking about the postseason. First and foremost, how healthy will Chris Paul be? That's been an issue throughout the course of his storied career, really, over the last four or five seasons. You know, injuries at the wrong time of the season. But now this team is battle-tested. They're battle-tested and experienced. So what we used against Phoenix last year, as far as lack of experience, can't do that as much because they made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Are mm -hmm. there teams that pose a threat? Yes. Do I think there's a team out there right now, as we sit here at the end of March, that I'm comfortable and confident to say that I think that this Phoenix Suns, they can beat the Phoenix Suns four times? Nope. If this is the NCAA tournament and I got to be better than you on one particular day, yep, it's a number of teams in the West that can do that. 
but four out of seven times, I don't see it happening right now. Talking about health and injuries, the Lakers on the other end of the spectrum here, right? They've been dealing with that all year long. They are on the bubble of possibly making the play in tournament. They're on the outside looking in right now. If they do get in, is there any chance of them putting anything together at this point? You know, I have a very, very difficult time. And, and call me the call me the foolish one in the room, <laughs> but I have a very difficult time counting Lakers out. I don't know why. On different platforms that I've spoken about the Lakers all year long, I continue to give them a chance because okay. of the resume and the accomplishments of LeBron James. Yeah. I just have a hard time saying, you know what, counting LeBron out. But I will say at his age, being 37 years old, and having one of the best statistical years of his career, yeah. that hasn't been enough to get it done. Even with all that, with all of that, with LeBron doing all that he's doing with points, rebounds, assists, efficiency, you know, uh, leading the NBA and scoring all these different things, that still hasn't been enough to get it done. So now what does it look like when you have LeBron playing at that level with the healthy Anthony Davis alongside of him? I don't know. Do I feel like they may be able to put something together come postseason? Yes. But think of where a lot of people had this Laker team when the season started. Right. They had them going to the NBA Finals. So what are, when we say put something together, what are we talking about? A first-round exit? That's not considered a successful season by Los Angeles Lakers standards. For more on the Western Conference, subscribe to Locked on NBA on YouTube. And finally, Portugal secured a 2-0 victory over North Macedonia on Tuesday to qualify for the 2022 World Cup Finals in Qatar later this year. The results sees Portugal qualify for the World Cup for a sixth consecutive time. It is likely to be Cristiano Ronaldo's last for his country, although he dismissed reports of retirement before the playoffs. Goal accomplished, Ronaldo said on Instagram after the match. We made it to the World Cup in Qatar. We are where we deserved to be. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Wednesday, it's time to start breaking down this Final Four heavyweight matchup between Duke and UNC. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.